Thank you for tuning in to Chandelier Chats. I'm your host, Rochelle Accor. Please don't forget to hit like and subscribe. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode, another show. I'm so excited to have you all here. Today, we have a very wonderful guest. Her name is Barbara Martin. She is a life coach, and we are going to be sharing and talking about mindfulness and her tool, the Wheel of Life. So please join me in welcoming Barbara. How are you doing today, Barbara? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, um, Rochelle, for that lovely introduction. So glad to be here. Um, and especially talking with women, it's one of my favorite things to do. Woo-hoo. I love uh, yes, I love working with women. I think that we have so much potential, so much untapped potential. We just don't realize it. Um, we are afraid to let it let it come out. But I, I take it not here, not today. No, We're not letting here, it out not today. today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Amazing. Um, yeah, my husband and I we raised and homeschooled four boys, so kind of saturated with the male hormones, and and that was okay. That was okay. They take a different type of parenting and a different type of coaching. I've always been drawn to women, but they certainly honed my skills into what I needed for myself and what I saw other women needed and how to reach out for it in conjunction with other women and to be mindful, to stay in my own business and to um, flourish on my own. So it just, it was a gradual approach. I breastfed my babies. I was the little league leader. So that was really helpful because then I coached other women in that regard. Then with homeschooling, I was the mentor for homeschooling moms and just, it just kept building and building. And so life coaching was just a natural transition for me. So. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah. I studied with Martha Beck. So I'm a Martha Beck um, trained life coach and she believes in mindfulness and integrity. She has the new book out. She's constantly giving us great ideas and great tips to work with. So. That's wonderful. Yeah, I was going to say, can you tell us where in the world you are? Well, I'm here in Hagerstown, Maryland. It's a little bit, um, I'd say about an hour out of D.C. in the northwest and then maybe across from Baltimore, a little bit below Pittsburgh and then the Harrisburg area. We're a little bit south of that. So just kind of right in the middle of some country like there's nothing here. When we moved here, I thought I fell off the edge of civilization, but it's really quite lovely to raise children in nice and quiet. It really allows you to connect with nature and to be your own person. So that's what we really like about Hagerstown, Maryland. So it's a great group of women here. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. So I'm curious, you mentioned a few times that you really love working with women and that life coaching was just a natural transition for you. Can you speak a little bit more about what it's like to work one-on-one with women? Do you work in groups with women? So I, I do a lot of different things. I do work one-on-one. I have, you know, life coaching practice, women in transition. And it's typically women that are finding that they're in a change, whether it's from transitioning from empty nest to doing their own thing. Which was which was my thing. Um, sometimes jobs, sometimes relationship status, and sometimes women that just want to kick it up a notch, like they have a job but they know that they can do a little bit more. Just helping them, walking with them on that journey, so that they can be more of themselves 
and, and allow themselves to be more of themselves. Because isn't that so hard for women sometimes just to say, you know, walk in the room and say, hey, I'm me and I'm so proud of it. Um, so we certainly do that journey. I love to facilitate um, groups of ladies. I have friends that they'll get their friends together. We'll do the Wheel of Life or we'll do vision board parties. Sometimes even just doing affirmation parties is lots of fun you know, choosing your word for the year and different things like that. So yeah, that would be some of the things that I like to do. Oh, I love that. Can you talk a little bit more about the Wheel of Life? Sure, I can. So the Wheel of Life, I mean, anybody could probably find it. My son actually made one for me, but we have different um, subjects in there. Of course, physical, your physical environment, career, money, health, things that you want to kind of focus on in your, in your life. And then we go through, we do a little bit of a meditation so that you can um, ground deep into your body and find out what it really is, is that you want. So this would be where your mindfulness comes in, not letting the shoulds and the coulds of your life or other people's expectations get in the way, but finding out what it is that you want. And then on a scale of one to 10, you go ahead and figure out, well... I might be like a 10 in my career, but I might be an eight in money because I'm kind of hesitant to ask for money or, you know, in my health, I might be a five, but with family and friends, I might be a six or a seven. So out of those eight areas that we cover, I ask them to pick three and then we go ahead and we work on setting goals for those, creating affirmations and just kind of inching forward so that they're kind of a 10 because, you know, if your will isn't round it's kind of a bumpy ride. So you really want to have a, you know, smooth sailing all the way. What are the three most common places that people are? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it is always health, money, and um, relationships. Like you would think, oh, careers, you know. It is not. not. Um, Health is a big one. Um, And what I tell everybody, you know, all of these things are so interconnected, like we have personal growth and fun and recreation. You have to have all of those items to have even even just a little bit of healthy body and, you know, that money and stuff. They're also interconnected. Like everybody's worried that if they only pick three, that the other five will be neglected, but it actually, they won't be. Everything just rises as you rise in some of your areas and stuff like that. But so I'm going to say health is probably the number one money and then relationships. So, which makes a lot of sense because our relationships with other people are directly influenced by our relationship with ourselves. Our relationship with money also comes back to our relationship with ourselves. (laughs) And our relationship to health has to do with ourselves. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So I'm such a big believer in meeting women where they're at. So some things, you know how, like, we just know those things, but other people tell us how we should be, or don't be this way, or don't be that way. And so sometimes all we're doing is just like pulling off of that cover that it's okay to be you and to feel how you feel. And it is okay to feel how you feel. I feel like, yes. <laughs> speaking of feeling, <laughs> <laughs> I, I often notice that we we feel afraid to express how we're feeling. And a lot mm-hmm. of the time it's because we don't actually know or are struggling to identify what it is that we're feeling. So can you right. speak that a little bit? Well, I mean, I just think even remember how like whenever you were growing up, when we listen to what people say and they say, oh, don't be that way. Oh, don't feel that way. We get that so much. So we have layers and layers of it on us. You know, so many uh, women feel bad that they they can't step forward, but you have to realize you have to peel off some of those things that you've heard or you've been conditioned to be because, you know, 
women don't do that. And women always take care of other people. And, you know, so we, we tend to put other people first. We tend to ignore our own feelings. You know, one of the biggest questions that I have for everybody is, I know this is really odd to start off with, but how many of you get up and use the toilet when you feel like you got to go? And how many people say, oh, no, I don't. I wait or, you know, I wait until it's convenient for everybody else. And and that's such a basic need that we all have. So Mm -hmm. I challenge everybody when you got to go, just get up and go. And you know what I mean? See, see how yeah. you're feeling about that. So I, I really like that. I feel like that it's such a simple question mm-hmm. and it's a really good indicator for yourself. Like, you know, I think about that and I, I can think about times where I'm like, no, I got to get this thing done. I got to get this thing done. And I'm like, I really got to keep it. I really got to get this thing done. And I will sit there and I'm like, okay, I got to go. Like I can't no, wait. That's right. You right. know, why does it, why does everything else have to have to come right. before my needs? Right. Right. So, so why is that and stuff like that? And, and then you yes, okay. So then that shifts over to, to your romance or how people treat you. So, if you're not setting the bar for how you should be treated and you're not treating yourself really well, it gives everybody else permission to, to not treat you well. So you have to set that example. This is how I'm to be treated. This is how I treat myself. And, and I expect that same treatment. So it just all goes hand in hand. Yes, I agree. It brings a beautiful balance to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it does. Okay. What about the money aspects? I feel like this is a huge, huge point of contention for a lot of people. There's a lot of uh, stereotyping about money that if you don't have it, you'll never have it. Or, you know, all of those beliefs, like, isn't it funny how money is actually just another relationship? There's so many books out on how you deal with money, how you've been raised with money, all of that. I mean, it just... One of the personal stories that I tell is how my mother, you know, I'm the seventh of eight children. We used to go grocery shopping and every time she'd get there at the counter and it would be knuckles time. Oh, are we under a hundred dollars? Oh, I hope we're under a hundred dollars. And as I got older and I went grocery shopping, I could never remember why do I have that anxiousness when I would get to the grocery store and go to check out. I mean, I have plenty of money. I have enough money to pay for groceries, but it was a lingering feeling that I had from my mom that, you know, oh, am I going to have enough money to pay for groceries? So isn't isn't money just the same thing as anything else? You're unpacking all of those limiting beliefs, all those things that you've been raised with and believing. And I'm. have you ever heard of like health consciousness? Money consciousness, wealth consciousness is the same thing. Like I, I, I feel like I'm a healthy person. I know that I'm a healthy person and I know that my body can heal myself. I eat good food. I walk and exercise, but I feel that same way about money. There's that abundance that's always all around me. My needs are always taken care of ever since I can remember, even like with my mom, I always had good food to eat. I will always continue to have good food to eat. So I think wealth consciousness is the same as health consciousness. It's it's all there. We just have to unpack everything that we've been told, let go of those limiting beliefs and step forward into that. Mm, I really like that you you relate it to health consciousness and wealth consciousness and how they're very similar. Uh There's a a lot of poverty mindset out there. There's a lot of people like you, like yourself and like myself where you grow up not having a lot, you know, and, and that sort of, that sort of stems your beliefs about what you can receive and what you're worth. I mean, I started working when I was 11 years old. 
you know, we, we didn't have a lot of money. And if we wanted clothes for school and stuff, and I grew like a weed, you know, I, I grew taller than my mom. By the time I think I was 11 or 12, I was bigger than my mom. So I didn't fit in her shoes. I didn't fit in her clothes. Like there was no handing anything down to me because I was a size that was not in our household kind of thing. And, you know, I, I think about those, those um, experiences and how, you know, they, they shaped a lot of how I relate to money. They and they also have played out, you know, for myself in my business. And I'm curious, like, has that played out in your business as well? Yeah. So I remember whenever I first started and even asking people to pay me, Oh, it's okay. Don't you worry. (laughs) Like what? Oh my gosh. I (laughs) I just spent an hour of my time with you. And so I did have to revisit that. Like what, what was that all about? What was that all about? And, you know, I finally come, come to like after digging and, you know, trying to let it go and all of that other stuff, you know, my parents, of course, were, well, if you have something, you should just share it. Oh, don't, people can't pay. It's okay. But I was way out of my business. It's not my business. If people can pay, you know, you have that exchange for a service. It's the same mindset. So yeah, I had to, I had to let that one go. Oh, it's okay. Don't you worry whenever you get around to it. But here I, you know, I'm, I'm shortchanging them and I'm shortchanging myself. What, what I have to offer is valuable and they have the dignity to be able to pay for a service that they feel that they need that's been rendered to them. So really have to stay in your own business whenever it comes to money and, and leave other people's business to them. So I think that's really interesting to think about it as well, because we would never question, you know, going to the dentist. We would never question that there's a fee for the, for the dentist. You know, there's a fee for the dentist, that's right. you know, and, but yeah, right. I, find, I find a lot of people, maybe, maybe they just don't recognize the value that is being presented to them. You know, they just think, oh, well, it's just a phone call. It's like, well, right. I mean, that, phone, that phone call can be the catalyst that changes your life and your trajectory. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. what what is the value of your life and your consciousness? Like what is the value of that? Right. Right. And just hearing hearing something different and helping you to turn a story around, like you said, it really can um it can help you move forward, it can help you let go of things. Yeah, I mean, just even that your your own mindset or you know my mindset of how life coaching. Oh, you know, I've heard people say, Oh, it's just like talking to your mom. Well, you know what? Really it is. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not really. like talking to your mom. No, it isn't. So your, your mom sometimes is the reason why you're talking to me. So yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not like talking to your mom. So yeah, I think um, realizing that you do have value and, and asking for it just, you know, it's no different than asking for a raise at work. If you work in corporate America. So how many, how many times do women say, oh, it's okay. You know, he's raising a family. I I can take care of myself. Seriously, ask for a raise. (laughs) (laughs) I think I picked out that, that little piece that you said there. It's like recognizing your value and not just recognizing it, but honoring that you have value, not just a a financial value. You have an immeasurable amount of value, like what you bring to the table as a human as a soul as a business you know all of these things I feel like it sort of gets lost in translation sometimes and 
you know, that feeling of unworthiness or that feeling of putting someone else before us, we're devaluing ourselves because right. it's so much easier for me to put you first than it is for me to put myself first. Because oh, absolutely. First. Absolutely. You know, you know, if I put myself first, I'm selfish, I'm greedy, I'm mm-hmm. all of these things that... You notice how people are like constantly searching in the bag of dirt for the next excuse of why they can't value themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one friend of mine once told me, she goes, when you think about all the research and all the reading that you've done so that you can be at this point to disseminate or to walk somebody through, it's it's actually your time that you're valuing, that you're saying, hey, you know, when I think about that, I constantly have three or four books going at the same time reading because you never know what's going to strike a client. You never know what's going to help somebody. So reading a different variety of people is often helpful. And you think about all that time that you do that or listening. So yeah, I mean, it, it really does all add up. 